Good morning. My name is Dylan, and I'll be reading from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 16. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. It is good to be with you all this morning. Uh, I feel like it's been a while since I've actually been able to come up and speak, um, but it's such a joy to be here. It's also been some pretty exciting days in these last few days. I don't know if, were you all, any of you there this past weekend for the basketball games? I mean, I have never felt such electricity in Golden Gym ever in my life. I mean, people were like, I mean, it was loud. I was, I was actually, I had to adjust to the sound, and it was incredible, especially on Monday's game. Uh, it was just awesome. Uh, there was a point where, uh, <laughs> where the, the student section, you know, they were all in green and gold, and like during halftime, they were like doing like these dance moves. And then on the other side, there was a little girl who was like doing the floss. I don't know how to do the floss, by the way. But anyway, the floss, right? And like they're doing all these different moves, and they were just having a blast, just kind of like dancing off with each other. It's probably a justification of a jumbotron. In, in Golden Gym. We should probably think about getting that. ASB, get on that. Uh, but it, it, it's just so great. And then just awesome just to see um, just our team just do so well, with play, play with so much heart. Um, it was just great. So congratulations to the men's basketball team for uh, being the Western Regional Champions of NCAA Division II. So, yeah. So we wish them all the best as they move on to Indiana in the next uh, few days. And so we're continuing in Romans chapter 12. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the semester, this is a pretty special passage, particularly for my life, um, as this has been uh, a chapter that's really shaped uh, who I've been, my understanding of who uh, I need to be in, in, in my life as I walk with Christ, the way I need to, be, I need to operate in ministry. This has been a continual chapter that I've been continuing to move back into my life that's just been something that's uh, come to mind so often in my life. This idea of offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, that being our daily act of worship, and then also this idea of our mind being transformed, not uh, in ways that kind of reject the patterns of this world, but now take on new patterns in godly and loving ways. This idea of being renewed in our mind. You know, because for a long time in, in my life, uh, I operated in a way where my spiritual life and my physical life were just totally two separate things, where, where they didn't intersect that much. Maybe there was some overlapped every so often, but the reality is that they didn't seem like one particular thing. It didn't seem like just my life. It never informed the ordinary parts of who I was. 
It never really informed the everyday things that I did, the ways in which I lived with people around me, the ways in which I interacted with my friends, the ways in which I just did everyday things. Yet this passage really informed that these two can't be inseparable, that the spiritual life and the physical life are one and the same. And most importantly, that God wants all of me that God wants me to pour out my life completely, surrender my life completely to him in order that I can be truly, truly his. It's in this passage where I understand what what true relationship really means. This idea of giving oneself entirely for the sake of love. It kind of reminds me of the passage in Philippians 2 where it says this, it says, Let the same mind, which I love the fact that it's talking about the mind, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be exploited, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Let that same mind, that transformed mind in us, lead us into ways where we give up of ourselves out of love and how we live in our relationship to one another. This kind of love is a sacrificial love. In Greek, it's, it's, it's called agape. And it's this idea, when we read passages like in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It's this agape, this giving, this sacrificial giving out of love so that we may have what God desires for us. It's this sacrificial love. I think about this a lot, uh, even within my own family. This idea that uh, me as a parent or me as a husband, I want to be able to offer everything I am to them. I want my kids to offer everything they are to me in order for the sake of love. The passage that was just read to us, verses 9 through 16, begins with this. It says, let love be genuine. Let love be real. Let it be authentic. In other versions, it says, let love be without hypocrisy. At first glance, when you look through this passage, it kind of sounds like a a list of do's and don'ts. Do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this, in regards to the way that we live live with each other. But I love the fact that it begins with love. And it calls out, and it calls us to live in a love that is genuine and authentic and real. This love that is sacrificial. Many times we throw out this word love pretty much about for anything, really. I mean, I love Chick-fil-A sandwiches, right? Yeah. I love Compane cinnamon rolls, right? I think I'm speaking uh, Lauren Carlson's love language here. Both of those, right? This idea, of these, are, these are things that we throw out this word love so often for so many things. But genuine love, love that is real, that's love that's sacrificial. 
That's love that gives up. That's love that looks like the love that God has offered us. And this is the love that it begins with. Let love be genuine. And it moves on. Actually, um, at the beginning of uh, verse nine, in some Bibles, there's like a little marker up on top. There's like a, like a bolded print that kind of, head, kind of is like a header for the, the, the verses that we're gonna read. And it says, the marks of a true Christian. That the mark of a true Christian begins with love. Have you ever wondered what people think of us as Christ followers? And when they think of us, do they think about our love? Do they think that our love is genuine? Do they think that our love is real? Do they think that our love is sacrificial in ways that we want to pour out and sacrificially give for the sake of others? I wonder that. What do they think? What are the marks of a true Christian? It is to love genuinely. And it, keep on, it, it goes on and says that we need to have mutual love, love one another in mutual affection. The contemporary English version says this, love each other like members of your own family. You know, family life is good. Um, I know it's also hard as well. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. When we love our family, um, it, it's not only words that show our commitment, but it's our actions that really show how we love each other. It's our sacrifices that we offer to each other that really shows our love. Despite our differences, there is this unbreakable bond in family because we are so committed to each other. There have been moments in my life, um, married to my wife, where I've understood that words are not enough that a text message saying that I love her is not enough, that a Facebook post uh, telling the world how I think about her is not enough. I have to show her the full extent of my love through my actions. With my kids, they have to understand that I'll be able to give up my agenda in order to be with them, that I'm able to put aside maybe my, my laptop when I'm working on something and say, yes, I want to come down and play trains with my son. Or I want to sit down and read a book with them. That is the way that they know that I love them. Last summer, my wife and I uh, decided to take what we were calling a restful trip. Um, Shireen and I, Shireen came to me with this idea that we should go to Seattle, and it was actually the first time that we would ever go without our kids, five years without going on a trip by ourselves. And um, we decided, okay, let's go to Seattle. We have family up there, and they were willing to, to, to lodge us and everything. And so my idea of a restful trip really involves food. Um, it involves uh, looking at things, but not really participating and engaging in things. I like to go to the beach and just sit there and just be and not do anything. That, that is my idea of rest. I want food to be brought to me, right? You know, right? You know, like that, that for me is rest. Um, well, my wife comes with this amazing idea and says, hey, uh, let's go to Seattle and let's go on a hike. 
And I was like, a hike? Like this, like my body is already hurting hearing that word. There is no way that I want to engage in a hike. But we did it anyway. You know, in, in my way to show her my love for her, I decided, let, let's, let's, let's do this. And so we decided to go uh, to a place called Lake 22 in Seattle. And this is us right at the end with smiles on our faces and uh, just really, really happy, you know, embracing each other and all of that. But on the way there, the two and a half hours that I took to be on that hike did not look like this. <laughs> there was actually about 45 minutes of this uphill trail of these like unstable rocks. And I was so frustrated going up there. And I was in my mind, not saying this vocal out loud, but in my mind saying, Shireen, I wanted to go on a restful trip. This is not restful for me. And then I was getting even more frustrated as I heard this like rock music like in a distance and then getting closer and closer. And this guy with, uh, with, with a cutoff t-shirt and this like blaring, you know, speaker playing like music is going up and like he, he's basically a pro at hiking. He's like kind of like going up this whole thing with two dogs. And I'm like, you overachiever. Oh my goodness. And he basically says, hey, it looks like it's your first time going up. And I'm like, yes, yes it is. And he's like, well, see you at the top. And he goes off. I was like, what a jerk, you know? And it was so hard to go through that and to give up my agenda of what rest looked like in order to show my love for Shireen. But even as we got closer to that beautiful view, that same guy actually comes back down and he says, hey guys, you're almost there. And it was so encouraging. And I remember when we got and we turned at the bend and we see this beautiful mountain that's like half covered with snow and the lake, I mean, the pictures just could not capture the beauty of this. And I remember telling Shireen and telling her, now I understand what you mean by rest. I now understand. Now I see things through your perspective. And there was this this overwhelming peace in my life and in my soul at that moment. When I was able to share with someone else, to see through the eyes of someone else and to live life through the eyes of someone else that was just so remarkable. It was beautiful. And it was a reminder of what it is life and what life could be if we truly lived life together in community. That there are moments when we're together where it is hard, where as we're walking up those hard terrains, it it, it is tough. But when you're able to step into someone else's perspective, your mind is literally changed. Your heart is literally transformed 
in ways that make you a different person. I now see rest so differently now. I now see nature in a different way. And it was through entering into the perspective of someone else. The passage continues talking about what it means to love another person or to love each other. And it goes on and says, outdo each other in your honor. I I love that word outdo because it has a sense of competition in a sense. You know, there's a sense of like, I'm going to do something good for you. Well, I'm going to do something better for you. And it just kind of continues going back and forth and back and forth. It actually reminds me of a, of a clip from The Office where Dwight and Andy, have you ever seen that? Where Dwight and Andy are like trying to do good, do good things for each other. I actually have the clip, so let's just go ahead and watch it really quick. Oh, Dwight, I have a little surprise for you. Let me guess, you ate the bagel I gave you and loved it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to return the favor. I was polishing my loafers, and I happened to look over and notice that your briefcase was a little worse for the wear. So, a little elbow grease, and she's polished right up back to her former glory. Oh. Feel it against your cheek. I will. You give me a gift, bam. Thank you, note. You invite me somewhere, pow, RSVP. You do me a favor, wham, favor returned. Do not test my politeness. Let me get that door fixed. There we go. Thank you very much, man. I got it for you. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Thanks. You know, here's a healthy fitness tip. If you clench your buttocks together while walking, you can really take the pressure off your knees. Is that right? Observe. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That really works. Yeah, feel free to use that anytime. Okay. Hey, hold on a second. Do not walk around with your jacket, cattywampus. And that needs to be straight as an arrow. Thank you very much. Oh, boy. Hey. Thank you very much for that. You are okay. welcome. Have a seat. Allow uh, me. Have Thanks. a seat yourself. You know what? I am going to preemptively change the batteries in your wireless mouse. Not necessary. No, no, no. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. <laughs> Imagine if we lived our lives out of love, honoring one another. Imagine what that would look like. That we can outdo one another in our honor, in respect, in our service. I think many times when I look out into what is happening, social media, so many different things, that many times we're trying to outdo each other by uh, making arguments. Who can be right and who can give more facts? And how can I outdo the person if I know more than they do? Or sometimes it looks like um, if someone does something bad to me, how can I get back back at them even harder? This idea of living in genuine love, of hating what is evil and clinging to what is good, what it says in this passage, about doing each other in honor is the life that we're called to live. Imagine what our community would look like. Imagine how we would look like if we just did good things for one another. If we honestly and genuinely looked out for one another and did and served each other and honored each other in the ways that we speak and the ways that we act with one another. 
I think this is important. This is the way in which the world will know that we belong to Christ. This is the way in which people will know that the love of Christ, that the genuine, authentic, real love dwells in us. And it overflows into our relationships with one another. And not only with one another within the community of Christ, but also to everyone around us. What does it look like to walk alongside someone else of a different faith background? What does it look like to walk alongside someone from a a different socioeconomic or different um, sexuality or so many different things? There are so many different markers, but how do we extend that same love to everyone, to all? How does that love point back to who God is? This God who gave sacrificially for us. This God who poured out this agape type of love in order for us so that we can be reconciled to him and we could be reconciled to one another. This is the life that we are being called to live into. This is the challenge of what it means to be one. This is the challenge of what it means to be a family, to see each other as family members within God's great family. And so my prayer for us is that we can continually be transformed in our minds, transformed in our hearts, that we can continually make that part of our daily act of worship. So that we can be people who live in genuine love. I'm reminded of the trips that I was able to lead these last five years, particularly Spring Break Build. One of the things that I loved so much about that trip, and it actually like pained me that I wasn't able to go on Spring Break Build uh, this, uh, this past spring break, but for me, the, probably the most important thing wasn't necessarily what happened throughout the week, but the ways that the week spilled over into life here on campus. The ways in which doing life together and doing hard work together and sharing stories and opening ourselves up to one another created a sense of unity back on campus. The fact that like, by the time we got back on Saturday, we still wanted to hang out Saturday night and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and continually ask and send emails, hey, when are we doing a party or when are we getting together again? Is that when we open ourselves up in sacrificial ways, when we're able to serve each other in sacrificial ways, when we're able to love each other in genuine, real, authentic ways, We are transformed. We are made more like Christ. We are made more into what God wants the body of Christ to look like in our world. That's a beautiful thing. And that is the call for each and every one of us. Communion is also a time where we're able to come together as one body, as one family. Just as we are we receive the grace that Christ offers and we're reminded of this great love that he has for us. 
At this communion table, we come as we are. Perhaps uh, we're broken in need of healing or thirsty uh, in need of a drink, stumbling in need of strength, doubting in need of assurance. But one way that we come fully to this table is through confession. When we confess, we are asking that the light of Christ would pour over and shine in our lives in ways that we're able to speak truth to what we see. We confess out of thankfulness of Christ's sacrificial love for us through which we are saved. But we also confess that we don't often love God or others in the ways that God has called us. We also confess that we've been distracted by different things from our worship of God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. We confess that we have inadequacies, that we all have roles and tasks and relationships in which we cannot fulfill them in ways that are honoring to God without God's strength and God's guiding. And ultimately, we just confess that we need Christ to have mercy on us. And so right now, what I'd like for us to do as we move into this time of of communion and this time of confession, let's just take a moment of silence and examine our own hearts as we confess our need to God. Let us confess this morning. Merciful and holy God, we yearn to know your forgiveness. We confess the ways that we have not loved you with our whole heart and not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We repent and we are sorry for all of our sins. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Strengthen us to love and obey you in the newness of life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We give thanks, Almighty God, because you are with us in the past and in this present moment and in the future. We give thanks when we pray, I need you, because you are faithful and good to us. We give thanks that through Christ, all things are made new. We express our thanks and praise you and join with our voices, with the angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn. And let's say this together. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and became subject to death and evil, in your mercy you sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal son, to share in our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to uh, reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. So we give you praise and we thank you for your infinite love because we are able to be reconciled to you. We give you thanks.
We're reminded that on the night that he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread and when he had given thanks, he had broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper. And after he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. And let us say this together. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Holy Spirit, you are the giver of life in whom we live and move and have our being. Sanctify these gifts to be for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sanctify us as we receive these gifts so that the Holy Spirit might, so that we may be one just as you and the Father are one. I'm gonna ask our service to make their way forward and together let us pray the prayer that our Lord Jesus Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In a moment, we'll be served by some of our students from Ministry of Mexico and Spring Break Build participants. And they'll be moving into different parts of Brown Chapel. Just want to remind you that we take communion through intinction, which means that you will take the bread and you will dip it in the cup and you'll consume it uh, at that time. And so I want to ask you at this moment that this may be a time of reflection, that in this time of silence, we're able to truly understand and, and really reflect on what it, the great love that has been given to us, this genuine, beautiful, perfect, real love that has been given to us so that we can offer that love to the rest of the world. And at this moment, I'm gonna ask our worship team if they can make their way forward. This feast is for the family of God. So come and receive the feast of God for the people of God. You may come forward at this time.